UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, howling in the street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Oh, yeah, I want to, so uh, you know what I do, right? I'm with the skull, right? Yeah. So I, uh, yeah. when I'm doing it, I, I brought the skull along. Is that okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, that, 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 yeah, that's fine. Um, okay. Let me, uh, let me, let me just do my intro here. Hey, guys, okay. welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have a, a fascinating guest with me today. Um, I have with me Bill Hammond. He's the caretaker for the, and he's the keeper of the Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull. Now, this is a different crystal skull than Matt, but it's still a crystal skull. It's, it's, it's it might be, it might be, I don't know if it's better or if it's the same. That's what we're going to find out. But like, there's so many questions I have about the skull. Like, um, yeah. and let me just tell you a little bit more about my, my guest. Bill Hammond's background in the Air Force, he's a martial arts. And, and, uh, and makes him the ideal caretaker for ensuring the safety of the Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull. Bill Hallman is also valiantly succeeding in carrying out the wishes of Anna Mitchell Hedges as he travels around the world making famous Crystal Skull available directly to the public instead of having it reside behind a glass museum. And there's more that goes into his bio, but we're going to learn more about Bill and the, and the Skull now. And Bill, thank you for coming on. How are you? Oh, doing good. I'm very glad to be with you, Rob. Uh, oh my god, that thing's so beautiful. That's so, oh my god, that's I've never seen a crystal skull up front up close. Yeah, it's uh it's a very special thing and it's it really in, in impacts people and that's what I have is the job I have now is a pretty good job because I kind of go and uh, it changes people's lives and opens them up to uh, a better life. So it's pretty really a neat thing. Yeah. Um well, let's start like this. Um what, what is the history of the Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull? Okay. Well, you know, what uh, the issue, that's kind of an interesting word. Uh, what it, I can tell you what it's done, what it does, and what it's here for, and what's the purpose. It's, it's a timely thing, and it goes back to the, uh, the, what the ancients foretold for a future thing where the skull they believe comes out at a time when the world needs help. And my feeling is we kind of need help right now. So it's a good thing it's it's out and uh, it's doing its work. It has a special energy. And, you know, since you've never really been around a crystal skull, I think you might be surprised because even through this media, people are feel, do feel the energy. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I wonder if it'll connect to the, like, I have a crystal on right here. I, have a, I wonder if it would connect if I can, if they connect. Is, there, is, is, it, is it like, um, is it like quartz or what, what would you say? What, what kind of material is it? Okay. Yeah. What it is, it's probably the most uh, controversial artif ancient artifact in the world because nobody knows who made it, how it was made or, or where it really came from because uh, it's piezoelectric quartz. It's the exact the kind of quartz they make computer chips out of. And it's uh, made against the grain, which is impossible, because if you make something against the grain as hard as crystal but brittle, it, would, it wouldn't be here. It'd crack. And so uh, it uh, has lenses and prisms built inside the crystal itself. And to be able to do that, you know, they're building crystals now and they're building them in on the space lab because in zero gravity, then they can control how the crystal grows. And but uh, here's a crystal skull that's made with various uh, lenses and prisms built 
inside the crystal. And so that right there makes it, you know, people, you know, you pass that up, but that is, is something that they can't do it today. So how did that happen? And, yeah, it uh, makes me, it makes me think where we went once more, um, a lot more highly technological than we think, like about our history. Do you think like something in our history was covered up and that we might be a lot more, we are not, not, not but we might've been, more technologically advanced in the past or maybe in different ways well yeah what it is is in my feeling is when uh, a world uh has been destroyed when it builds back it always it builds back in different ways with different you know now we're a technical uh world we're going in technical ways and some people say back in atlantis or memoria they were more not technical but they were more into the crystals and using the mind power in creating different things. So uh, as far as the technology, you know, we, for us to believe that we're the only uh, living beings in this uh, mass of all these different planets and galaxies, and that we're the most advanced and everything most special, that's pretty, uh, pretty big uh, belief for somebody, but if you really come to the truth of it all and go into it, yeah, you know, they're finding with the new technology that they're developing that uh, the, the world and life has been on this planet, you know, not just for 7,000 years, 10,000 years, but for, for uh, hundreds of million years. And so that's what's coming out with the skull because it's here, it's real, and you can see it, but nobody can say oh it was this or it's that because we cannot duplicate it even today with the technology they have now i heard somewhere that you said that not you but i think i was listening to another interview and you said this might go back to the maya is that where they found this in the mayan okay well the what it is is uh there was the british explorer f.a mitchell hedges was in central america in the early 20s looking for a connection between the Mayas and Atlantis. And he was very strongly believed in this. And he heard about a lost city deep in the jungle uh, in British Honduras. And uh, he got the all the uh, things they needed to do it. And he set out an expedition. He found the city. And it had seven pyramids, ball courts, and uh, spiritual centers. And... Uh, and he went and spent uh, three or four years cutting and burning and bringing the jungle off of it and opening it up to the city, which you can see today because it's it, it's in Belize now because they've changed the country. But uh, his belief was that, and that's where that's the story of where it was found or how it was found. Now, do I I am telling this? I'll tell you the story as it was told to me by Anna Mitchell Hedges, uh, F.A.'s adopted daughter. And she's the one that trained me and uh, presented it to me to, for safekeeping after she passed in 2007. And so the, what it is is uh, she, she was down there with him, uh, his her adopted father, F.A. Mitchell Hedges, and she was like, if you know, when you read some of the things of her life, she was like, the real Indiana Jones, because I always say the real Indiana Jones was a woman, because uh, she was she was had a quite a unbelievable life with things that came into her life and people she met and things she did. But when she was uh, uh, six, sixteen years old, she was on top of one of the pyramids that she wasn't supposed to be on there. She heard that if you went to the top of it, you could see all the way to the ocean. So she snuck up there with a few Mayan kids on the hot of the day when they, everyone was taking the siesta. And uh, so she went to sea and they looked for the ocean. It was all overcast that day. And the clouds started to separate and the beam of light from the, came down and it went through the rocks that had been moved by earthquake and by the different trees growing in it. And it went through it and there was a light inside the pyramid. And she ran down and told her father, who put her in big trouble, but the next day he thought there must be something there. So he got all the men together and they started opening up this pyramid and 
it started to collapse. So then they ended up taking one rock at a time and moving it that way till they got a, a hole that was just big enough for a small person. And she was chosen, tied a, right, a rope around her, and they lowered it down into this pyramid. And she fell around, and uh, this pyramid hadn't been open for a thousand years. And here she's inside, and this sounds, you know, there could be snakes, all kinds of things. That's what they, his, her father was worried about. But she found this object, and she put it in her shirt, and they brought her up. And when, the, when she got out, she opened up her shirt, and when the natives saw it, it's like their God had returned, and it's like... Uh, they, they started crying and kissing the earth and everything. That's why Mitchell Hedges, it was so uh, impactful for him that he presented it to the high priest. And the high priest had it uh, for, so they finished the expedition two years later and they put it in an altar and they burnt fires around it 24 hours a day. And all these natives would come from the jungles they never saw before just to see it. And it was there until they had to close up and go back to England. And when that happened, uh, the high priest, because of all the stuff Mitchell Hedges did for the people, he brought medicine, doctors, food, clothing, and he paid them for their, for their service and helping. So they loved him and they presented it back because they knew he could take care of it more than they could. And that's where he, in 1927, was given the crystal skull back and he had it till he passed away in 1959. Wow. That's an amazing story. That's so fascinating. Um, I, I had never heard of the, the Mitchell Hedges, uh, son or uh, daughter or, uh, her dad. Um, they, they, they sound like amazing people. Let me ask you this. Like, does the, the, uh, does the, does the skull have a consciousness? Because you know, how they say like, I'll just give you an example. Like my girlfriend was telling me that like they say Max the Crystal Skull likes to be around flowers. Like, is that the same thing? Does this, does this thing talk to you and does it talk to other people? Well, you know what? Uh, they're saying that uh, that uh, Crystal has consciousness. That's what's coming out now. But, uh, yeah, uh, I've been working with the skull, you know, for years before with Anna. And then after she passed in 2007, and uh, it's uh, it's made my life uh, very very amazing and very uh, un uh, unbelievable in all the things I've done and seen and been through because it really speeds up things in your life. And so uh, I do believe it has a consciousness because it kind of guides me to uh, different areas and different things. See, the, the crystal skulls have different properties. The Mitchell Hedges skulls, the three things that stand out the most is that it works one-on-one. -on -one. Like with you and me, we're just working with the skull. It connects to your inner self. And by doing that, it opens up uh, a person to their true potential and goes way back in their uh, consciousness, DNA, whatever, into their soul almost to... Uh, bring out their gifts and abilities. And with that, I've seen it so many times that person's going and they're not on the right path or anything because they have to work, they have to do this, they have to do that. But all of a sudden their life changes and maybe they were starting writing, maybe they're starting. So it's really amazing because every time I meet and sit and work with somebody, I never know what's gonna happen. And uh, it's really a, kind of a joy to me because, you know, I. I really enjoy being able to impact and help people in their lives. And I see it's really important. So I, I love doing that. But it also works with uh, meditation because with the skull, there's a 90-degree turn inside the skull. And with the 90-degree turn, it's like if you ever see a flying saucer, if you ever saw one, uh, they go, go along like this and all of a sudden it turns and disappears. So with the skull, when you meditate with it, it takes you very easily from the physical third plane and bring you up into the higher planes, like going into the fifth plane, and it goes into a nice deep meditation. So the skull does that, but it also uh, works on the ley lines, the different ley 
energy lines of the earth. And a lot of them have been uh, blocked or changed or whatever. And uh, this is something I learned when I first got the skull. Uh, it's a little story. I'm kind of going off, but what it is to go along with that. Uh, in 2008, I was I went to uh, Australia, and when I got there, I found the Aborigines had been waiting for me for for three years. They said I was coming, and nobody I didn't know anything about it. But when I got there, they wanted me to take the skull to this very special energy point. It was a uh, caldera, ancient volcano, and we put it on the ground in a certain place, and then they did some kind of a energy ceremony. And about 15, 20 minutes later, they stopped and they said, okay, it's done. They handed it to me back to the skull and I, uh, I left. But what they said that there was a, one of these sun lines, they called it, but an energy line uh, that was blocked between the caldera all the way through the country, through the sea, all the way to Machu Picchu. And what they did is they were able to restore the energy. So that made a big impact on me. And with that, I've been taking it all over the world that in places that I've been drawn to. And it seems like, you know, if I'm supposed to be someplace, all of a sudden it's falling into place and I find myself there. So uh, there's some very special places in the United States that I found, you know, working with the areas, you know, Sedona is a very special place. Mount Shasta, a very special place. Uh, Montana megaliths, a very special place. And also in Arkansas, there's this, these huge crystals buried underneath the ground there that have a, a real energy connection to all this stuff. So I've been doing work with that too. So uh, I just, I go with the flow. If I feel I need to be there, it's kind of, it works out that I am. And I, uh, just go with joy. I found that the best thing to do is always uh, don't, uh, you know, you think, oh, can I do that? But uh, just do it. And then you do it. And it's like, wow, that was really cool. I, uh, I, it's improved me. It's made me a better person. And I really find that really neat. So uh, yeah, a little carried away, but <laughs> that's kind of the story. Yeah. That might be. No, that's interesting. How did you end up, how did you end up eventually become the caretaker for it? Okay. Well, it was, that's, kind of a lot of the care you know with the crystal skull it can't be sold it can only be gifted and uh so it was gifted to mitchell hedges and then when he passed it he passed it on to anna and when she passed she passed it on to me and when the last uh when i was in i was in panama in the uh late 60s and i went out to a little island called taboga and the lady that was there was very English, and she would tell me stories about Mitchell Hedges and his crew and everything coming in, into the bay to pick up stuff and when they were fishing off off the coast of Panama. And it started my, you know, my mind, because I love adventure, you know, and it's, uh, wow, that's really cool. And then I, I heard about the crystal skull and with the connection, and it was like, it was like a major uh, impacting on my life. And I didn't think too much of it till when I got out of the service, I heard about Anna Mitchell Hedges being up in Canada and uh, somebody gave me a number for her, her private number. And I, so I called it and she's like the uh, most amazing person. And she's like the friendliest. So she's inviting me up there and her and her secretary come up and visit. Uh, we'd love to see you come see the skull. And that's how it started. Then I started going back and forth up there and started helping her when she would do uh, lectures and stuff. And I'd drive her there and help her with a lecture. And so we did that. I did that for years. And then uh, her secretary passed in 1988 and she uh, sold all her stuff or moved all her stuff over to England and bought another house. And we were still in contact. And then there was a problem and she moved back to the States and with all her stuff and bought another house. And then uh, through one thing or another, she moved down to the States because she was, she uh, came down and stayed with me for like three years and taught me and started me in my training. And then moved back to Canada, bought a house, sold that house, moved to 
to England and bought another house. And she's moving a four bedroom house all over the world back and forth. And then the last time she came back in uh, 1999 and uh, she was really sick and she was, and nobody was around to help her. And we, you know, we always talked and I said, well, come on back to Indiana. I'll take care of you. We'll have some more adventures. And she came back, got well. And we, and with that, there's, uh, I have some really good stories about different places that uh, we went and saw, uh, you know, her father uh, found a lot of stuff in Central America and especially with the pre-Mayan stuff that they found on the islands off of, uh, off the coast of uh, well, Spanish Honduras, Honduras now. And so she wanted to go down and see some of that stuff once again. And so her and me and uh, uh, her good friend, uh, Carol Davis, who was the psychic who did the books, The Skull Speaks, uh, invited us, uh, went with us, and we went back to some of the sites and some of the places that she wanted to see as she was getting older and she wanted to make sure she got down there again. And so having Carol there was really neat because Carol could see where I think we were. So we ended up on this little island off of Rotan called Port Royal. And this is where Sammy had her little island that she owned while her father was excavating down there. And uh, we, you know, we got to go on the island because she was looking for this crystal boy that was left down there in 1932, where they couldn't take it out of the country, so they left it and reburied it. And uh, just where she wanted to make sure it was safe, so took her down there, and with the help of her and Carol, it was quite interesting. That's that's how I got to do a couple of these. Uh, these uh, shows, these videos, or uh, you know, like uh, documentaries for the Crystal Skull going down to Central America, because we were looking for that crystal boy that's buried down there, and very few people, if not uh, me and maybe a few that the left of the old people might, because I was passed some information of where it is. So that uh, that was uh, that's how I. Well, when she passed, she had trained me for seven years, and she uh, gave it to me to carry on her her will and do what she did. She wanted people to be able to see the skull and uh, experience it, not from a big uh, case around it, but to be able to experience it. And and I feel that there's a real purpose in what I do. And doing this work is timely and very important at this time. So that's what I've been doing. And the more I do it, the more I understand it, the more I get into it. So it's, it's really been a trip and excitement. So Anna found the skull on January 1st, uh, 1924. So January 1st, 1924. It was her 17th birthday. And she passed it on to me on April 11th, 2007, which was my birthday. It wasn't my 17th, but it was my birthday. And uh, <laughs> so that's, there's a, around the skull, there's always something really uh, interesting for sure. Now, did, did, did the natives have a legend behind the skull when they saw it? Like when, when she found it and they, they, the natives saw it, was there a legend attached to that? Okay, it, see there's a legend of the 13 skulls and, you know, working with uh, the various uh, uh, different uh, masters uh, through different places I've traveled, uh, this supposedly they say is the, the center skull of the 13. And uh, it's the only one with uh, that is in perfectly made in two pieces, the jaw being separate. So it's kind of, it's very interesting and very special, and it's very clear. And it's so clear that it's bringing in a, a consciousness that is now uh, what they call, instead of there's Christ consciousness, and, and we're into that, but it's also uh, the purity consciousness. The purity consciousness is giving 
and having the human beings take back the responsibility of being uh, the, the God-men we are as creators and taking back the ability to create as being, believing that we can't do this, we can't do that, we're not allowed to do this, but we are the free souls that as we come into this higher consciousness that the world is going into right now, it's that freeing thing. So I've been uh, quite uh, active with that interesting uh, working with that concept and working on helping people. The Mayans believed it was uh, their God has re had returned. And working with, uh, I worked with the different uh, shamans down at the area where it was found, and they say it is a communicator with the gods. That's what they, that's what they called it. So answering your question, I hope I answered it for that. No, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I wanted to ask you, now, what, is, what happens if, did you ever unite it with another crystal skull? Like, has it ever been around Max? And what happens if all 13 crystal skulls unite and if they found all 13? They have not found all 13. And I've, in my opinion, there's found five skulls so far. But the, uh, the thing is, the, the skulls are multidimensional and they communicate with each other. And they, that's how when they were made, they were, it was a, they, were, they were made in that connection because there was 13 different masters that have gone to different parts of the earth. And that's some of them buried them there and did this and that. But the skulls can connect anytime. This, the skull says that if you, uh, you know, everybody, it says world peace could be possible if we brought the skulls together. Well, the skull says we could have world peace tomorrow if the right number of people came together in that belief that it would happen, it would happen. There was nothing could stop it. So uh, that's why uh, you hear all the different, it, the legends are, are such, but the skulls can connect right now. And a lot of times when I do meditations, it's very easy since I've been doing it to be able to connect all the skulls at once. So that, that's kind of a neat thing. That is. That's real cool. Now, you mentioned it's like the right time for it to be circulating around society because we're we're kind of going through like a transition point in society. And I believe kind of like what you said, too, about the purity consciousness and that we're kind of creator beings. I know um, I've had Matthew LaCroix on my show, and he talks about that, too, that we're creator beings and we're meant to create in this world. Like, how important is that to you? Because I, I found that, like, I like doing this better, like cre like doing something like creating my podcast or I like creating art as compared to working a nine to five job. So I'm trying to make this like my main thing. And I think other people should do that, too. I think being a creator is so important, whether it's creating music, art, um, an Etsy store, um, you know, anything that, uh, it, that it takes your, your time as being a creator. Being. Do you feel like that's really important as well? Because I never well, noticed you mentioned that. Yeah, well, it is. Is you're you've connected with your inner self and you found your joy, and in going into your joy and your power and becoming what you are. I know I see you as as being a uh, you know a real one of the top uh, commentators doing this work uh, in the future. I see that just building that way, and you. That's my my uh what i foresee so it's a beautiful thing but you're doing it because you're doing what you believe in your heart and in following your heart uh, everything it's like serendipity starts to work for you and it's just a beautiful thing but you know we are and have the capability to, to do anything this is like we're in a period now that was like it was back in atlantis in Atlantis, they were reached high levels of, of uh, knowledge and creativity and ability. They could do a lot of stuff that we can't do today even with crystals. They use crystals for their power. And what we have is a lot of people that have been in that area trying to save the world and go into a higher consciousness are here born at this time. And we also have 
a high number of people that were there that helped to destroy it at that time. And the whole thing is that you're talking about is creation and the creation is, is us. And it works with, you know, as you think you are as creator beings. And if you put your mind on all the fear that's being pushed at you, you will go into that fear like a spiral in the wrong direction and you'll bring that into our future. The future I want to see is the one of peace and healing, healthy water, uh, good food and health and uh, joy and peace and love for not only just for yourself, but for your family, your friends and for the world to grow that. And it's a timeline that I can see is very possible for us to be there. And with all the negative, you think, oh, how could we ever do that? But the thing is, uh, the negative are here as much important as we are a person trying to make a change. Because if we sit there and do nothing in this on the stands and look at the field and see the game going on and, oh, you should have done this, oh, you should have done that, and just sit there, we have to get in the field and start at the play and use our gifts as creators to keep our mind at a zero point staying away from the negative and then put your mind on what you do want, not what you don't want. And there's nothing you can't do. Oh, I want this in my life. Well, it's not hurting anybody. Create it. It's yours. And that's what we're coming into. And if we can do that, uh, or if we can't do that, if we go into the negative, uh, the button will be pushed and we'll all wipe out. And in 16,000 years or wherever the period of time it is, we can start this whole thing all over again. But I think I'm ready to go into the higher consciousness and I'm ready to be able to see that that is possible. And, you know, each one of us have an important gift. Your gift is important because you're opening people in so many ways with all the, the different uh, leaders in these different fields and bringing them together and, and sharing that knowledge with the world. And this other person has a gift and voice. His voice has a beautiful voice that raises people's hearts, everything. And this person over here, uh, he's got the writing ability. So he, he writes and brings that knowledge through. So each one of us in us is all important. And if we learn and be who and what we really are, connect, who we really are, and bring out those gifts, we make differences, we make change, and we can make the world go into this higher consciousness, into this new timeline, a timeline of peace and joy and health and happiness and all the things that we could ever dream about. So it's if the only thing will stop us is us. And we're pretty good at stopping us, <laughs> as I've seen over and over. I agree. Um, we, I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope we, we, we decide to go to the higher consciousness. It's, it's weird because it seems like we're at a, like, like we're at a splitting point in society. It seems like there's the people that are trying to raise their consciousness and evolve as spiritually and, 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 um, and is with knowledge and, and our intuition and our psi abilities. Like, but then it seems like there's another half of society who's just kind of okay with like eating bad food and, they don't give a crap about any of this and it just seems and, and and they're just a complete opposite of what we are so like where is this where is this divide taking us do you think and what do you see with that like yeah. i mean do you see the divide too like there's like there's a different types or, well, you know what i'm trying to say you know it was it's said the skull has said there's different type of entities living on earth they're the ones that have the soul and spirit connection and those are the creator beings. And then there are the ones that don't have that connection. Either they came, uh, they're new souls, they came from a, a whole different uh, background where they don't have the connection between soul and spirit. The soul and spirit beings are the ones that are the creators. They're the ones that create everything. And uh, the ones that don't have it use the the ones that create because they use that energy, they pull the energy from them. And so it's just a matter of being aware of it and aware where you put your energy. Because 
there's people that no matter what you do to them or how you help them or what they need and they always want something else, you can never, ever make them happy. But all it will do is pull away from you. So it's important that you find your tribe, so to speak, or the ones that have the same beliefs as you to work on this coming together as a spiritual family and raising uh, consciousness into this into this higher uh, higher world that we could be living in, we will be living in. I, I see it, I feel it. And uh, it's just really a very, very exciting time. And if you take it as, oh, fear here and here, but if you take it as, wow, this is neat, look at that, and look what I did, and what can I do with this, and how can I change it, and, and not get into the, the fear of it, but go into the joy and love. And the skull works on remembering, remembering who and what you are, and knowing that inside of us all, there's these, this great gift and abilities, and being able to connect with who and what we are and bring that through. Uh, we're going to make changes. We, you know, it's a timeline thing and not everyone will probably get on the timeline, but uh, the people of like minds will. So it's, it's uh, interesting what's going to happen. We are living probably in the most exciting time in, uh, in this, our, any history we ever heard of for sure. I was going to say, what are your thoughts on uh, all the talk of disclosure? Like, because it, it seems like you, you've kind of been into this like kind of alternative world for a while. So, I, I value your opinion. I mean, you you have I, in my mind, you have to be highly esteemed to be the caretaker of the crystal skull. So, like, I just I'd love to get your opinion on what do you think? What do you think about what's going on with disclosure? Do you think? Well, I mean, I I personally don't think we'll ever see it because I feel like. The government is like covering up for abductions and they're covering up for, you know, like people being killed over the UFO subject. But like, do you think that, 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 that that's a little bit off topic, but I'd just love to hear your opinion on it. Where do you think we're headed with disclosure? Do you, or do you see that being a possibility? And does the skull have a connection to it? And does the skull have an ET connection? Well, into the skull? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, if, uh, if you go back in time, you know, they call them the sky people. And there weren't, there was not that. Oh, we gotta have for disclosure. But they were like uh, family, friends. They were, they're, they're uh, gods, so to speak. And so, as as that is, uh, we've just been brought away from it. If you go into the Bible, you go into the other great books. They they go back and they talk about these people coming from the sky and different things. So. Uh, we've just lost it because it's been at a different dimension away from us in most cases. But a lot of times, now I always say, if you have ever seen a flying saucer and somebody will tell you a story, oh, I saw one once. But usually if you've seen one at all, that's the tip of the iceberg because, uh, you know, with the mind being able, they can cloud your mind so easily that you wouldn't even know it if it, it was happening every day. But if you see it once, that's telling you that that connection is there. And uh, so it's a good idea if you're interested to listen and go into yourself and find out more about it. Now, I don't see that, you know, I believe in international beings. I work with the uh, different angels, archangels, different galactic beings that are here helping us. And I, you know, I would, I feel as comfortable with that or more than, you know, in, in regular situations. And it's a matter of uh, opening it up to it because we have all this help from the other side that's there to help us. But in so many cases, we don't ever ask for the help. And so it's like you go and you walk into the door and you shake your head and you come back the next day and you walk in the door and you shake your head and one so one day you wake up and say would you please help me and asking help from your guides your helpers your love uh, your other side entities that are there wanting to help you but whether you never ask for the help you don't get it and so they 
move the thing and then you walk right through it. Hey, that's a lot easier. So as a matter of connecting to these different entities and forces, the more you do, the stronger it gets and the more natural it is. Uh, you know, to uh, disallow it and say, oh, we're waiting for, you know, hey, they're gonna, they can come down anytime and they've been down all the time. It's just our frequency vibration is such that we're either blocked or we can't connect to it. But if you open up to it, it's, it's here. And I think it's going to be more now that we're at this point of, of uh, higher consciousness that's happening with all the different planetary alignments with the earth and, and all the galaxy moving into this photon energy belt that it moves into every, I guess, 35,000 years or whatever it is, we're in it again. And while we're in it, you know, everything is going to speed up, become finer. Our psychics and spiritual uh, gifts will come out stronger. And it's, like I say, this we're here. We're in it. Let's enjoy it. It's really great. This is the age of Aquarius. No, I, I, I totally agree. I, I couldn't agree more. I've heard that before. I, I heard that from um, the researcher. His name was Gerald Clark. He, he died, and he was a great researcher. But he 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 kind of talked about. I don't know if you ever heard this. He said that our 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 planet or wherever we were, we were going through the galactic center of the Milky Way, kind of like how you said, like something was something with the photons and something about our position in space that is like sending energy to the planets for higher consciousness. And he thought Gerald thought that maybe we could even transform into some kind of new being and some kind of evolution, like. Is that kind of what you were got where you were going with that? Is that is that similar? Well, let's see. There's a lot on a lot of things, but with that, you know, we could transform into a whole different being and not even realize it, you know. So that's that's could yeah. happen. And maybe we already have, but uh, we're not. Our consciousness is blocked to not see it. But well, uh, you know, it it's a matter of just going with the flow and enjoying the moment because. The skull said it's time for peace, love, joy, and fun. We got to put that fun in our life again, you know, and that's that's when we have that and hold that and work that into our life, things change and we our attitude makes the difference, you know. Yeah. Now the one of the last things I was gonna ask you about was um do people's reactions when they're around the skull and do people say the skull gives them messages? We're, what I find is, and what's really neat, is people are, are drawn to the skull when, when it's time for them to see it. And so I've had people from all over the world coming to see the skull. And uh, what it's like, I, I go to do a show someplace, and there's somebody that all of a sudden has a dream about a skull. They never had it before. And then they get up in the morning, and they see a flyer saying there's a thing, and they come to my thing is, oh, I don't know how I got here, but this is it. But then they have this strong connection. And like I say, when I have, uh, I can have a thousand people, each one seeing the skull, and each one of them would get a different reaction from it because it goes back into their past life DNA to who and what they are. And a lot of people I, I'm finding now have this in the past, the connection to be working with the skulls, because uh, when the skulls were all together, there was a lot of priests and priestess that were working, and when they connect to it like that, it's it's a major thing. I it uh, shocks me that every time when that happens. That's interesting. Um, there's, I don't have any other questions for you. I'll just ask you this: Is there anything else you wanted to cover before we finish up for tonight? Okay. Well, just, I'll tell you some. Uh, interesting facts that uh, is interesting. You know that in uh, 1978, uh, the psychic Carol Davis was up in uh, living near uh, Anna Mitchell Hedges, the one that found the skull up in Canada. And she got a call from a guy that was working up there. And he wanted to know all about the skull. He wanted to know about F.A. Mitchell Hedges. He wanted to know about Anna. And she told him all she could about it. And then he wanted to meet her. And they called over there and Anna was leaving for England the next day and couldn't see him, but Carol uh, informed him and gave him stuff. And then uh, three or four years later, he came out with a movie called Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
and so is Spielberg. And so uh, that, uh, you know, when they had this in the first movie, when they were taking the golden skull off the, off the, uh, the uh, where it was sitting on this altar, uh, altar and she took, he took it off and everything started to collapse. It was supposed to be a crystal skull. That's why he stayed away from crystal skulls until after she passed. And then that's when this, the Indiana Jones and this crystal skull came out. So I always say that uh, F.A. Mitchell Hedges is, is Indiana Jones. And then uh, what was other thing was interesting. So he was working down in Central America at the same time the Nazis were down there. And he was looking for powerful artifacts, spiritual artifacts that was left there. And the Nazis were doing the same thing. And uh, he, he, you know, he, he was working with uh, London where, you know, they, they would send their messages back and forth. And it was, I found a letter written to Mitchell Hedges by the head of British intelligence. And it was kind of a coded letter, didn't make any, uh, make much sense. And then I found out that at the bottom of it, it was, they always have to put the person that, wrote the letter has to put his initials on the bottom and the initials well as you, you know who the initials would be of course who, who, Ian Fleming wow and so now I say you know because I I say this with fun because I like to have fun but I say uh F.A. Mitchell Hedges is Indiana Jones and James Bond all in one how about that yeah, that's insane. That's so wild. Is that pretty crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I mean, that, that just brings me up to something I wanted to ask you, too. I wanted to ask you, like, um, it says you were into martial arts. I was always into martial arts, too. Like, what kind of martial art did you study? Okay. I'm, you know, I started in, uh, it was, I've been doing a different martial arts, but the ones I've done for the last, oh, 60 or so years uh, is, uh, uh, is Okinawan karate. It was first Soryu, and then I went into Ryukyu Kempo, uh, Okinawan uh, Tuate and Kyushu Jitsu with a, a gentleman named George Dillman, which uh, I really respect, and he's and, and he opened up the whole world to this new world of pressure points. So I got into that right at the beginning, and as it developed, I was able to be a part of it. So that was a pretty good, uh, enjoyable thing. I I find the martial arts is a way for me to find balance in myself and by, uh, you know, by helping other people through it, changing their lives with the martial arts, I, I get great uh, satisfaction with that. I just, you know, I, I'm here, I look, maybe look a little tired because I just got done teaching a, a two hour class in self-defense this afternoon. So, but I, I love the martial arts. It, it really balances me out and I can, you know, work out for an hour and it's like I had a really bad day and now everything's better. So it's pretty cool. I, I feel the same way. I, I love it. I, I've been doing like my cousin had a karate school my whole life. And then I kind of got into uh, jujitsu, like, you know, like, like because that, that became like real popular recently. It's like, you know, that's like the ground fighting stuff. Like, I, I love that. And then I uh, and because I wrestled in high school, so like I, I kind of just got into it. Like, and then I like the mixed martial arts now too, which is like you know when that's like the UFC fighting. That's like everything, but that's off. Right. That's off the. That's, 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 a, that's a different conversation, right? But um, it's it's I love it though. It's it's it keeps you in, it keeps a sound mind as well as sound body, right? It sure does. Yeah, it's you know if you need it, it's a way of life, isn't it? And by staying in it, really. Uh, Yes, it keeps you keeps you going for sure. So. Yeah. Well, um, can you tell everybody? Thank you, first of all, for doing this. And uh, you and your wife are just great people. For people that don't know, Bill's wife is um Catherine Lanigan, who I've had the author who I've had on my show, who wrote the books um Jewel of the Now and Romancing the Stone, and she, we just did a show on angels. So these were two great shows. I, I have to thank you both. Like you guys are great, and uh, I'm so glad we got to finally do this. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Great meeting you. I've heard really good things and and seeing the work you're doing. You're bringing in a lot of the top people in in the fields that we're talking about. You know, with the the UFO connection and and bringing in this this knowledge that's there and it's ready. And people are 
are seeking this knowledge now. So uh, very awesome what you're doing. And thank you for having me on. It was a lot of fun talking to you and sending out uh, good feelings with the skull. Can you feel the skull? There's an energy. I, I can it. feel it. I, I, I can feel it. And I have a crystal on too. So I'm wondering if that's connecting to it. Like, I, I wanted to ask you, like, uh, how can people find you if they want to book a, if they want to book you to come and bring the skull? Like, how do they, how do, how can people find you? Yeah. Okay. Well, you can, you can go to uh, MitchellHedges.com. Uh, you know, I, I have, I've been, <laughs> things I've been doing the last year, going all these different places and everything. Uh, I'm going to be at the Serpent Mounds in in Ohio for the, the Equinox. I like to do special things at energy places. And the Equinox uh, is a very, one of the four uh, energies changing times on the planet. So when, when is that, Earth. Bill? That's the, well, it's the 18th, 19th, and 20th of March. Yeah. Oh, my, because I, I live in Pennsylvania. I live in Pittsburgh. So, like, I may come to that. Oh, you know what? They got, they have a lot of really good people there, and the energy there is really neat. And so I think if you had a chance, it'd be, it would really open you up to a whole a whole lot of different things. Because the, the Serpent Mound uh, connects with uh, the different, uh, the, the equinox and the solstice by how you position, you can, it's, it comes up right at a certain place every every year, and so it goes back to the the ancients that came here and built the stuff way before the indigenous were here. Even yeah, well, this has been amazing. That's amazing. I'm I'm gonna definitely try to make it. So yeah, that, that wow, that's awesome. And and thank you so much for doing this. This was amazing. Well. Good, uh, good talking to you, and uh, and take go for the adventure. That's the whole thing. And you're you're following your joy, and I, you know, I when I see that, it's really a good feeling, and to see someone when they do that, because I know uh, there's nothing better in life to be able to uh, do the things that 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 are your gifts. You know, your gifts bring them out. So that's really cool. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And I appreciate everything you're doing too. It's amazing stuff. Uh, Thank you and thank your wife again. You guys are amazing people and I'll send you a link when I upload it.